Hello everyone and welcome to the Theatrical Mustang Podcast. I'm your host, Katie Woodzik. This is episode 62 with Aaron Pike and Hatlow. We're talking about the upcoming production of That's What She Said, running February 4th through the 7th at Gay City Auditorium. Our friend and playwright, Courtney Meeker, has written this piece which pulls the dialogue and stage directions of female characters in the most commonly produced plays in America, put them together in a one-woman show, performed by Aaron Pike, directed by Hatlow. I cannot wait to see this. This has gone through a couple of different iterations, premiered at the On the Boards Northwest New Works Festival, went on tour last year to Minneapolis, uh, was performed in Portland as well, and is coming back to Seattle. Very excited. You can get your tickets at brownpapertickets.com. Look up, that's what she said. Uh, I hope you'll join me. I have my ticket for the February 8th show, and so you're not going to want to miss this production, and it's just really, we get into it about feminism and theater and performing and gender and all of it. You're really going to enjoy this interview. This episode is sponsored by Hedgebrook. Hedgebrook is all about supporting women, authoring change in the world. It's the retreat on Whidbey Island, but it's also programs out in the world that support women writers. Find out more at www.hedgebrook.org. And now, please enjoy episode 62 with Aaron Pike and Hatlow. fantastic theater artists here, Eric Pike and Hatlow, and we're talking about That's What She Said. What is this marvelously titled piece that we're going to be discussing today? Yeah, hi! Uh, That's What She Said is a show uh, created using an assemblage of female dialogue and a little bit of like stage direction and other material, but mostly female dialogue from the most produced plays in America. Um, so it's a one-person show that is delving into the use of gender in theater. Where did this piece come from? What was the inspiration? Inspiration for the piece. Inspiration for the piece was uh, basically a conversation. Well, it was ongoing. So like. I um, started becoming really annoyed with the audition process as an actor going out for plays and started noticing, like, like getting there, reading over the script and realizing that the part was shit or that um, there was very limited opportunity in what I was given. So that frustration was building over several years. And then uh, Courtney Meeker wrote a really scathing review of this show where the women were just like, like very much literally props and problematic and I read the review and I loved it for being super scathing and (laughs) so we got drinks and we were kind of just like you know going off on the whole system and then I just sort of had this idea of like I want to see like those terrible bits that are usually isolated, so you can kind of swallow them easier. But I want like those to be the main point. I want to see like I want I want to sit with that discomfort for like an hour, um, and just pull like see what happens when you pull all of those parts and have them on their own. 
Um, but yeah, it essentially was building over a long period of time and then kind of came together with this conversation with Courtney. And then how, how, how did you get involved in the project? I saw the version that they did at Northwestern Works and I was like, oh, that's like a really interesting idea. And like, I liked where they were going with it. And I was mm -hmm. like, oh, there's a lot, there's a lot of like room and potential inside of that. And so I, I think I like said that to Aaron. I was like, that piece was cool, but like it could be better <laughs> or something like really cocky like that. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds about right. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and, you know, not thinking anything of it, really. And then, like, months later, Aaron was like, hey, like, we're thinking about making a full-length version of this, and would you want to be involved? And I was like, yeah, totally. So um, we met, and we talked about, like, what it might be, what it would be like to expand it. And we didn't, you know, we didn't have a ton of time. It came up very quickly, the possibility of going to Minneapolis with the project. Um, so we had this, like, really tight timeline, and then... Over the course of us meeting, you know, it was the play, so the plays that they did for the Northwest New Works version that also went to Portland for risk reward. Yeah, um, was from the 2013-2014 TCG or Theater Communications Group. Um, there, you know, every year they do this list, and they, so they did 2013-2014. They did the year that they were doing it, right? And so the assumption in the beginning of me coming on board was that we would do that again. We would just do that version of the show and make it longer. And so we were looking at it and, you know, I was looking at the list of the playwrights and I was like, this is only, you know, it's pretty equal actually. It was like seven, it was like seven men and six women. I yeah. Think. It was like, it seemed like about 60, 40 ratio. Yeah. It was like pretty pre close, pretty close. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. Um, and let's, you know, let's look at, uh, what is it this year? I'm just curious. And so. Um, we went, actually went back and we looked at several of the years of history, and um, so f that year that they had originally done the project for it was really a fluke. Um, right. That equilibrium was like net unheard of. So when we looked at fourteen fifteen, it was a, several of the same plays, uh, a handful of new ones, um, and all of both of the plays by women were. So there was it was a, eleven out of the top eleven. Uh -huh. Two of them were plays by women. And the and two they, and for this, the 2014 to 2015, were the same, were repeats yeah. from that anomaly. And here. several of the shows were repeats. So there were yeah. only a handful of plays that were new. So I was like, well, <laughs> what if we updated it? Because this is more reflective of, like, the state of theater and, like, how women are represented on stage. Yeah, and so, like, we were like, I was like, you know, it'd be crazy if we tried to do it. Aaron was like... Yeah, crazy. Courtney was like, had no time. And we were just like, but like, that's what we, we should do, do, right? Yeah. Felt compelled. Yeah. So um, we all went, it was mostly Aaron and Courtney. I, have not, I did not have a lot of time, but we went through, we did the pull text process that they had done for the previous one for all the new plays, went through that, and then created a, a new structure for the piece. So it had been very episodic, very collage y, mm -hmm. what they did at Northwestern Works. And so. We created, um, it's still in that vein, but it has more structure to it now. Um, I think it's a little bit more satisfying um, yeah. for the audience to, to kind of go through it. You take more of a journey with this solo performer through the world of what these plays are and who the characters are. Yeah. Did you have any input into the... Um restructuring of the text as the director? Yeah, actually Aaron and I came up with the structure together mm -hmm. um, and then we kind of gave it to Courtney and, she, and we were like, please, 
please this <laughs> with, yeah. with the text. So Courtney, who is just a wizard, basically. Absolutely. Um, a I'm a wizard. robot and Courtney's a wizard. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we were like, you know, I, it's, it's in, it, the idea started in, in more like in the vein of like the hero's journey sort of, you know, like this, like, um, ascent, I don't, without giving too much away, we start, um, we go through like the 80% of the play is just the plays by men. So the um, the women characters written by men. And then we sort of finish the play with the two plays that are by women. And so um, we sort of wanted to create a journey that Aaron could travel through how, you know, it's not an, it's a, it's a, it's a very objective piece, right? Like it's very objective. We have our lens of what we're applying to and we're kind of making the characters do what we want. You know, that's, that's where we own that. But um, basically, the the sort of the journey that this character goes through through the world of how women are written by men, um, and we kind of sit in different chunks of that, and it kind of has there's a natural progression to like the frustration of that, how those women are written. We kind of get to like a, a fever pitch, and then there's a, a sort of an act break, and then it's like okay, now plays by women, and it's you want it to be like. Everything's gonna be better, ah, but it's actually, yeah, yeah. you know, it's yeah. there. It's it, it's. I, and well, you'll, is, you'll is see. It? You'll see. Is it? You'll see how, yeah. how what that experience. Is. So I want to dig into a little bit. So I'm gonna give you the next question, and then I'm gonna give you the question I'm asking now okay, because sure. I am not a linear thinker. Sure. Um, I want to get into how you're experiencing building a new character mm-hmm. from all these different pieces, but then. First, I want to ask both of you, and you first, Hello, what um, similarities emerge from when you just take the characters out of the plays? Are there themes that emerge or words that are used, or what was this overwhelming similarity, if any, that you were perceiving as a director? Um, well, I mean, we don't, it, it, it's so thoroughly out of context, and I'm actually really glad for that. I really like our end result. So there are moments in rehearsal where it's like, this is whatever, Masha, or, you know, from, um, but, you know, like, so let's let's actually play it to that. But in some ways, we're not attaching the text to a character. It just sort of stands on its own, and we create a new character for it. So it's not all connected to the script that it came from. Mm-hmm. And there are there that is absolutely true in, in several of the moments. Um, but I think one of the things that you'll see, I mean, necessarily like the whole first scene of the show um, surrounds women asking questions and women saying sorry, and it's just kind of. Ugh, I just like felt like I got punched in the gut. Yeah, right it's now. somewhat exhaustive. It's, it's one of the longest that's how scenes. How it feels to watch the show, honestly, it's, it's like yeah. someone punching you in the stomach. Yeah. So hopefully people are into that. Yeah, it's pretty, <laughs> it's pretty exhaustive. So we go through, and it's like, I mean, there's like, you know, there's like, what, what, I, what kiss, what this, what yeah. that, what, what did I do? But what does this mean? But what does that mean? But what is? I mean, and that's just like, that's like, you know, a small bit of yeah, it. Right. It's a very long scene that where we just kind of bounce between all of these things. Um, so I think that's, that's it. Um, you know, there's a lot of, um, a lot of anger. There's a lot of bitchiness and there's a lot of just, there's, we do, we go, we, in rehearsals day, went through a lot of the character descriptions and, um, they're superficial. There's very superficial. There's a lot of like, um, you know, the longest 
description of a character we get is from the play Bad Jews, and it's about her hair. It's not about her whatsoever. It is a 100% physical description. It's over a paragraph that's about how she has this enormous hair. Ah! Yeah. Well, I just... And something that I noticed when I... And now I have a keener eye for it. I, I used to not... And I, I have to... I, I had credited Courtney Meeker with this before, but going out for... I forget which play of hers it was, but having... You know, reading the breakdown of the characters mm-hmm. and having her disclaimer or whatever... Uh, Families need not look like each other. It should not be the default that yeah. people are slim, able-bodied, and white. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Something like that. I'm paraphrasing. Mm-hmm. And then as an actor being like, oh, oh, crap. Like, what? This is what? And having that aha moment. And the fact, going into auditions, as you were saying, as an actress, there's so, I mean, men are almost never, much male characters, in my experience, are much less described in their physical attributes. Mm-hmm. And then female characters it's this and this and this and yeah. sexy but impossible. not too pretty like truly impossible, impossible. truly impossible yes. yeah so over to you Erin about how what similarities are you pulling and then how do you make sense as an actor pulling all these parts into one new character yeah um so the first part of that question was uh Similarities. Oh, yeah, the similarities. Uh, So, similarities, they do, they crop up for me uh, in the text. And that's also reflective, I think, just like having our first, we just had our first rehearsal today. So, I'm very like text minded right now. And it'll start to become more physical as I get closer to performance. But right now, it's very much like a visual and a sound connection for me. So, like, I'll see a word on a page again and like hear myself say it and like, it's like, oh my god, like this sounds just like this other idea that comes out later in this in the text. And there is some intentional repetition that does occur with exact like cuts of lines, like very small moments that you'll see throughout, um, or phrases that are re- repeated. But a lot of the characters do have similarities. And in fact, one of the interesting parts during today's rehearsal was realizing that the section Act Two with the women characters by female playwrights, I was all of a sudden connecting these similarities from the female characters written by men. And that was a really uncomfortable realization that I had where I was like, oh my God, like this, this line like could, could belong in the first half and we wouldn't even know. Um, and is it fair to expect women to like carry the standard of like raw feminism? Like, should they be allowed to write a shitty character? Like, I don't know. That's a great debate that we could totally have, but to, as a performer, feel that in a act that's supposed to feel different in theory, that's supposed to feel more embodied, like, that sucks, and, like, that feels, like, gross to me. So I, I was starting to make connections today in rehearsal that were linking the acts together, and I don't like that. I wish that that wasn't happening, but that's totally what's happening right now. So those are a lot of the similarities I'm noticing is just um, in the things that women say or that we think women say or that people think women say. We get used to this sort of more, I don't know, I'm not going to, I shouldn't talk about this because this is your project, but we do get, you know, the apologizing, mm-hmm. the, or what, what words, I try to, when I'm writing emails now, I try to take out any apologies or any like qualifiers. just, I was just, 
like I try to like I go back over my emails and I'm like no like I don't I don't need that I yeah. don't need that because that's my default right mm-hmm. to be like I don't want to bother you yeah. but Apologetic. could you just yeah. send me this and, Thank you. you know, I think there's some bullshit, too, about uh, over-policing. Like, I was really, like, that fucking article about, like, uh, what is it? The the up, the upping at the end of the... Oh, vocal, vocal Fry? Vocal Fry, but there's also something else. Upspeak? Upspeak, yeah. Up-speak, yeah. Up-speak, yeah. yeah, like, there's a big old article that everyone was fucking jizzing on, like, <laughs> a few months ago. Like, oh my god, like, women, get it together, like you're a mess, like, you need to be more this and this and this. Like, anytime there's an uh, uh, insinuated need to be anything, like, immediately my, like, my wall goes up and I say, this isn't right, like, and I can, like, feel myself fighting that. So I think that while noticing some of these patterns in the text and the apologizing and, like, um, the questions and, like, the statements that are really empty, um... I want to attack them, but I'm also, like, I want to get to a place where I don't have to attack them, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Like, can we have, like, can we get to a place where vocal fry isn't, like, a fucking, like, sad thing, and it's, like, it's its own thing, but it doesn't necessarily speak on a gender note? No, like, we're not there yet. Like, not even close. So, trying to attack these different patterns, but also with the hope that someday we can have those patterns back. And it right. just doesn't, it's not as big of a judgment about gender. Yeah. I want to dig into how you are, and both of you, how are you creating this new, so this is a new character on her own, right? Yeah. And what is that process? And how is it different, speaking as someone who's done more traditional theater as well, yeah. how is that process different from a traditional rehearsal process. Yeah, I definitely prefer it. <laughs> um, it is strange. It is a strange feeling because the layers are not always clear. Um, you can sense that they're there, but there is there is a fluidity to me and then this other person, but it's me. And I actually enjoy, I mean, that's, I think, why I've started making my own work and really enjoying that is because I get to, the core of all of it, it's me. And I get to be me. So, like, there are moments on stage where, like, like there is no, like, quote-unquote acting. Like, I'm just fucking frustrated, mm-hmm. you know? And, like, I'm, or I'm feeling whatever. And it's not, like, it's built in a way that's really intentional, right? So in that sense, it is crafted, but it's also completely what's actually happening. And I think that's the difference between, like, making this, like, a quote-unquote piece of theater and, like, something completely experimental is that underneath all of it, it's still me and I'm actually feeling everything. If I'm not, I'm not doing it, you know? So creating a new character, it's like, I, I hesitate to even, like, talk about the idea of this coming from a character. Mm-hmm. It is because I'm in front of people, and I'm not gonna, like, pick my nose in front of people, probably, <laughs> right? Unless Hatlow's like, yeah, keep that. Um, <laughs> so, like, there's a there's a performative version of self, right? But that self is still me. It's not like, I'm gonna be, like, every actor ever. Like, within this exercise of doing the show, I am... I am Aaron as an actor being given this challenge. Mm-hmm. So that is, that's really the character. Um, and then that as its own like definition of self uh, goes through a really large transition. And by the end of the piece, I think, and I can even feel it by the end of just like, I'm in a totally like altered state because it's, 
pretty intense. It's a marathon. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think, I don't know if the way that we think about it is, is as a character, that it's this, like, single character that goes on this journey, but it is, I think it is this, act. it is an actor, that the approach of it at the beginning is very much so, like, okay, this is an actor who's, like, gonna do her best, and then, uh, you know, and then sort of the, the gauntlet gets thrown wide open, and it's an impossible task. Um, and then like trying to succeed in the face of the impossible task, the impossible task becoming increasingly ludicrous, asking a lot, um, being really, uh, you know, there, are, I mean, there are things that we've added in in moments, um, you know, where it's like in the scene where there's a lot of characters who are feeling angry, um, and are like maybe getting to like the, the top of their anger that really want to say something. And then we have, they, there's interruptions with like pages turn, which signifies like they don't really get to. No lines. Speak their piece, and like so, just yeah. like a lot of like ways, you know. There's sort of the ways of silencing, um, and you know, anyways, there there are a number of experiments that kind of for for us, it's it is this idea of this actor who's on this journey of like to I think you know to to find herself and representation on stage, and to feel like she's succeeded in a moment, and to feel like there's like some complexity um, to to what she's doing. And I think it definitely comes from a place of, like, positivity. Is that a word? Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's a strange one. Um, it feels strange. But positivity because this is not, like, a, like, yes, we are signing up for this idea and concept knowing that it's impossible, right? But, like, maybe that's part of the character, actually. Mm-hmm. If there's any, like, thing that is false, it's this idea of, like, hope. <laughs> because, like, who wants to sit around and, like, be fed a show where it's like, see how shitty it oh, is. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, like, we are she's, really... She's doing her best. Yeah, like, we are really approaching this with, like, a positive, yeah. like, I would, like, I really enjoy, for me, the run in Minneapolis, there were a few nights where I would find these, like, really wonderful moments within a character. Like, that was so exciting, right? So it's not just, it's not just a, like, look how bad it is. Yeah. It's a, like, no, I'm really gonna go there, and I'm gonna try to, like, reclaim this like terrible character and have fun with it um and i think that's an important thing to be clear about like this is not a show of like it should frustrate you absolutely i hope that it does but also you should find yourself being kind of like surprised by some moments that i think i think the thing the phrase that you used earlier about something else um around cognitive dissonance i think it's important and i think it's really true for the audience like i think as people watch the show, especially because we start with that, the questions and the sorry, which is just like, that's a pretty obvious, like, uh, you know, like, um, that's it's such a difficult way that like to have that all stacked next to each other. <laughs> um, you know, you're like, Ooh, that's bad. But you know, there's also moments of humor. We find a lot of, there are a lot of funny moments. And I think that for folks, we're, you know, we're kind of asking them to watch on two planes. Like right. you're just like watching the thing that's happening live in front of you and like, there are moments that are like really funny. It's like really sometimes it's really sexy, um, you know. And that's that's all true. Like when we're and we're and we're and it's directed on that level and it was written on that level. And also like we're asking you to track this like larger question of like what does this mean? And I think so. You know, so, and I think sometimes some in Minneapolis, I think some of the time for some folks it was like I felt like I couldn't laugh at anything because I didn't. You know, I was like, what does that mean about women that? that's what that line is, but that line's really funny, and Aaron acted that in a really funny way, and um, so, you know, we're, we're, we, we are kind of, like, dividing, and, you know, and I think some folks are able to, like, laugh really hard, 
and had a really great well, time. It's yeah. a really fun show. Yeah. Um, but and then at the afterwards, they're like, I just that makes. But also, what does that mean? And like the way that they, or you know, and a lot of folks, and this is gonna be true for folks in yeah. Seattle if they go see theater. Most of these shows have been done in Seattle, so like you'll recognize a moment. But to see it in this context, in this new context yeah. that we've created, um, you know, I don't know. It's it, I think yeah. that it will be it will be different for folks. Yeah, um, I think I also really was surprised. I remember being really surprised by um, going back and watching the footage for Northwest New Works, and can't remember. I think I was editing it or something, working on it in some capacity, and I hadn't watched it yet for whatever reason. So this was like within the last year. And I like went back and watched the full show from that festival and I was shocked by how much laughter like like laugh track level. Like like people were like cracking up the whole time. And as a performer I get in my mode and I'm not I'm aware of what's happening with the audience. I'm aware of the things I need to be aware of. But I, I don't pay a huge amount of attention to response. Um, and you so, have so much shit to do. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't have time to pay attention yeah. to that. Yeah. So uh, when I was watching the footage, I was, I was really kind of like tickled by how much laughter there was. And I was also happy for that because that is like, like uncomfortable laughter is my favorite. Mm -hmm. Like, great. Like, I love it. Like, I want you to be laughing and feel like you're going to cry. Like, that, I love that, like, mixed response. So... It's also funny. It you know is what I mean? funny. You can't yeah. laugh at it. You know, I mean, it's you can't it, get through it. It sucks. Like some some of the some of the indictments that I think it's possible to pull about some of these shows, right? I mean, some of it is obvious, right? Like this does not need to be an argument, right? Like <laughs> it maybe you know, some people will want to have that conversation, but that's fine. But like you know, a couple of things. There's one character in the show who is the only woman in the play. There are a couple of plays where there's only one woman in the whole play. And there's one character in particular who it is, it is doable for us, and this happens in the show, that her entire arc, every single one of her lines is performed. I mean, it's, it's uncut. Her stuff doesn't appear elsewhere in the piece. So we do her lines start to finish through the play. Nobody else speaks, obviously. So we just, all of her lines. And it's possible to get her whole character arc inside of that. And it's like, it's, um, you know, it's like, that's definitely one where I'm just like, this is like so sad that like this is one of like the characters that like you know you know it's, it's it's a kids play so it's like this is a show that like tons of people are seeing and yeah. this is the only woman on stage and this is how she's represented this is what her lines are and this is the arc for that character and like that sucks but also like because of the way that we do it and you know because of our theatrical sensibilities and because for us it's important that this is fun and that the audience has a good time like it's also like the one of the funniest parts of the show. It's completely absurd because it's this yeah. like, you know, Aaron's just like busting these lines out like right in a rhythm and just like and then doing the doing the doing the movement of the thing and like and, and our lines are just like they're so like, you know, we're going backward now we're going forward and it's yeah. just like, you know, yeah. it's like she's just she's for the most part she's just this device in the show for like narration and like all these terrible stereotypes and. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I and again, I do. I do this sometimes, and I forget that a podcast is not a visual medium. I was literally trying, like, mimicking, ripping my face off while you were through some of that. And some and some of that is looking at my, you know, the plays that I choose are are given to me as a director. Like this mm -hmm. summer, this summer I'm giving 
I've been given the opportunity to direct the flick, and I'm excited for it, but mm-hmm. then I'm also, you're saying that, and I'm like, there's only one, mm-hmm. there's only one female part in that, and mm-hmm. so, but then again, what's the responsibility, it, you know, should female directors only direct shows that have right, gender right, parity right. in them, and, or only direct shows written by women? I don't know. These are a lot of questions. Yeah, this yeah. interview is already doing the thing that the play is supposed to do. Yeah. Ah! <laughs> um, Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> I wanted to talk to you about, do you approach this as a director, this project, in a different way than you would a more traditional piece of theater? Oh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, in some ways, and then in other ways, it's, it's um, I mean, I have to approach it differently, mostly because it's a solo piece, and yeah. unlike other solo pieces I've directed, I used to, you know, I've worked with Kyle Loven a bunch, and we do, like, really, I mean, it's, like, massive sets, like, very intricate you know, detailed design work. And, like, this piece really, um, you know, for a lot of reasons, um, most of them, you know, financial, like, we, it, you could do this set with, like, I mean, we, we've set it up in a way so that it can be adapted for any space, so that it can be toured um, easily. I mean, it fits in a suitcase, and we just need, like, a table and some chairs, and it'd be great to have lights, and we need some sound to be played. But, like, it's, so it's pretty minimal. Um so to that end, you know, I have like, you know, I can go really down the rabbit hole with like some of my tech desires, but like this, this is a piece that's like very capable of being simplified if it needs to be, and it will still work well. Um, but on the other side, it, you know, I think that um, because of the nature of how it's written, um, it has, we have to find internal beats and logic. Um, it needs to build, Aaron needs to be able to you know, make these journeys and have these arcs and there have to be some moments of, of realization, but it really is, it, it's a really fun process for me to direct it because it's a, it is a, it's not, it's a solo show, but it's really about Erin's relationship to the audience. Like she has to be so involved and we need the audience to lean forward and be present with her and what she's trying to do mm-hmm. because it's, um, you know, it, it takes, some some mighty ovaries to to do the thing that um Aaron is doing in this show like I mean fortune favors the brave I certainly hope because it's it's a huge undertaking for a performer um and and not not just because whatever it's a solo show and it's all of these characters and it's long you know that that's true but like the way that Courtney's written it it's just like you know it's gotta be like blip on a dime and then you turn like this and the way that I direct it it's like you know it's like the details are incredibly important it's just like yeah like you know then you you know then you drop your hands and you have to the eyes have to follow down before you turn here like the comic moments are really specific and it's just dense so um there's a lot of detail there's a lot of prep work that has to go into it and I have to ask a lot of Erin and she's struggling quite a bit you know she's got a there's a ton of text to memorize I'm text alone in the, the piece runs about probably over 35 minutes and the length of the show will probably be probably hour 10 yeah hour 15 maybe so yeah. that's and that's and it's all her on stage so it's quite it's quite a bit to to tackle so it's it, it's pretty meticulous and um I have yeah. to know it's it's really good that we've worked together already at this point we don't have a long rehearsal process for this but um Aaron and I just sort of like I know where I can push and where I have to be like okay great you're going to master that at home because it's not going to get perfect today and we'll move on to the next thing so that's a lot of thank you yeah yeah I think that folks don't necessarily know how much work goes into a one person show yeah especially this one (laughs) yeah yeah talk talk more about the laughter behind that answer uh nervous 
so today we did the first scene of some stage directions and within that we split it into 20 characters and that's that was actually a pretty conservative split there were some lumps that could be diced apart yet even still so yeah it is I feel like at, at the end of the show like I can like seriously feel my brain like pulsing because it's so mm-hmm. I like don't actually really have like language to describe the exhaustion and like also stimulation that I feel like after the show um pretty much completely depleted not in a like not healthy way um I'm capable of being a person afterward but it is mentally the biggest challenge I've ever had in my life um and mostly to keep those fine details Mm -hmm. aligned and assigned to the proper moments um and that's really where I think the I feel like the weight of the show depends on those specificities in a lot of parts because mm-hmm. we are looking at these different people. I did air quotes, by the way, on people just now. <laughs> um, we're looking at these different people, these different characters, and it's those human gestures, it's those very fine things mm-hmm. that make them relatable. So if I don't hit those fine marks, then I'm losing... I'm losing a little bit of that connection with the audience, um, like you were, t- like Kala was talking about earlier. Um, yeah, and you can also, like, I can definitely feel in performance when they're with me and when they're not. Like, yeah. and most of the time they they stick with me because there's really no choice. It's like you either stick with it or you walk out because it's pretty heavy. When do we walk out? I don't think we had anyone no. walked out. No, I mean, it's... I'm, I think I... You know what, though? I think one person, like, walked out in Portland, though. Yeah. But they may have had to, like, take a shit or something. Yeah. I don't know. That's Portland. possible. <laughs> you never know. Yeah. Maybe they were, had food poisoning. It's true. I can't project <laughs> my, my hope you of can. someone hating it. <clears throat> I will um, say that the structure of it feels a little bit like building a railroad track to go up a mountain, you know? Like, in terms of, like, the, the rehearsal process. It's like, okay, we need this much detail, this much specificity, like... The tech has to go in in this way. This is the blocking. Like this is like the sort of meta of this moment, and then we have to like move up because the function of the piece really wants to get you here. You can breathe for a second, and then we, you know, and then we kind of have to go up up another little mountain again. But it's like, and then we have to build it really solid so that Erin yeah. can make that journey because it's intense. So yeah. she has to have the things that she needs to to kind of climb up it every night. Like but it's even, really exciting to watch her go. Yeah, and then like building even just like water breaks too. Like we were talking <laughs> yeah. about today. Like okay, like. So during the this uh, certain type of um, section that occurs throughout the piece, um, like that will be a chance for you to like take a moment. Yeah. If I don't, like I won't make it to the end. Right. <laughs> yeah, I have a really, I have a, as a director, I have a really kind of it's my aesthetic is that like I don't like you know if Aaron takes a water break in the show, I want it to be dramaturgically connected to the rest of the piece. Right. So it for so there is a lot of like minutia that has to get dealt with. It's just like you know, it's like it, she's never just like standing off stage and like grabbing some water really quick, right? It's because it's all about her and it's about the. I mean, it's it is essentially even though it's, you know it's an hour and ten minutes, it's a totally durational performance and yeah. it's exhaustive. So yeah. um, or exhausting. So um, it's yeah, we're 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 building in things like water breaks and you know. Um, it, you know, seemingly 
unnecessarily that she has to like you know climb this flight of stairs to do this specific thing and how tired does she get on like the fourth or fifth time having to climb up all of these stairs and what does climbing to the top of the stairs mean what does she know that she's going to have to do at the top of the stairs getting the audience bought in on that information so that that's not just when the scene change happens right right um, that's that's the kind of detail that I'm interested in, like a fully considered sort of world for the audience. That this the, the journey is is Aaron's, it's daunting, and everyone's kind of there with her. So um, you know, when you get to the end of the piece, you're just like, what does that all mean? <laughs> yeah. um, Let's go get a drink and talk about it. That's yeah. And I hope there's some semblance of like solidarity to it, right? Because like I think one of the big reasons I was attracted to the piece when I was first meeting with Courtney and Aaron about it is, um, you know, I studied to be an actor. And, um, you know, every once in a while I'm still like, oh, acting, you know, I, I really do like to act. I really enjoy it. It's a lot of fun for me. You know, it, it is, and theater for me is like, you know, huge passion. It's like by far the thing that I'm like, that's the room where I'm like, I'm at home when I'm in a room right. working on a play or a mm-hmm. performance of some kind. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, you know, in terms of acting specifically, I drifted away really quickly and it's just like, it, you know, for women it's, it is so, you know, especially as a queer person, like it is just really difficult. All, most of my friends, a lot of my friends are still women who are involved in theater. I mean, every aspect of that is challenging, right? Like everything, like directing, producing, writing, all of it. But I feel like women who are actors, there was something about some of my earliest experience. And there's a lot of like, well, that's just kind of how it is. And isn't it nice? Isn't it nice when there's an exception to that? Was I mean, even from like my teachers and when I was in school who are some of like these women that are just like, you know, power fucking house women who I'm just like, I would go into battle with you, Amy Thone, are kind of like, right. well, yeah, and sometimes you get in a room with a male director on a play, and this is the idea that they have about the show, and, you know, that's not really pleasant, but I, my senior year of college, I did a show, which I, you know, I probably shouldn't say what it was, but, um, you know, the there was a male director, and he had this really clear idea for the show, and my role wasn't particular inside of that, but I was just sort of sort of watched how all of these professional actors were experiencing it and talking, you know, and they, I learned a lot about like what the process was for them. And, and I was looking at the women specifically and it was just like, there was, you know, it was, I was just like, I don't want that. That is not appealing to me. And to, um, and I, and so many of my friends know, they'll like talk about things. And I'm just like, wow, you know, we, we don't, it's so much harder for women in theater in my opinion that and um and seeing the kinds of things that they're asked to do the impossible tasks that they're asked to do the way that that is normalized so that we can continue to ask women to do things like that Mm -hmm. um in auditions in shows so we write characters that do those sorts of things because like well that's just that happens all the time you know like she's a you know sex crazy you know vixen who's really dumb <laughs> but you know she's got a heart of gold and this is the arc you know and it's just like no big deal and it's like what <laughs> and 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 you've got like 20 women fighting really hard to get this part because there's like paid work and they want to be actors and you know yeah um, and this is one that pays and it could be a, a step to the next opportunity and you know and then i think about some of the men that i know and i'm making a lot of generalizations here of course there are always exceptions to these things but I'm working with a young man in particular who's like breaking into acting and he's very new to it. And I'm just sort of like, I'm, I had never, I didn't help my guy friends in school find monologues, you know, it just like wasn't necessary, but I'm like going back to, I'm helping this guy. And it's just, I'm just like, we're like looking at plays. And I'm just like any play, like you can pick a monologue from like any play. Yeah. And you know, and like, you know, I mean, which is an overstatement, but it's just like, and you could get cast in 
any show and people will really want to cast you because like you're a little bit different and yeah uh, and you know the men that I went to school with more so than a lot of the women I went to school with they're acting and they act all the time and they're still acting in shows and and it just it happens in a way that's just like you know life gets hard and the path is just a little bit easier and that's again a generalization but anyway that's so that's you know that's been my experience and and knowing that Aaron you know hearing Aaron's frustration being like I just want to take this into my own hands I want to like make my own fucking play and that lines up with me where I'm just like I mean I really like to direct traditional theater actually surprisingly I I still just like I really love to get into the weeds of how plays work and how performance works but I also really like to take on things that are different and hard and impossible to build new logics and invite audiences into like uh, learn how to watch a, a play that's something different um and so this is the very exciting project for that for me yeah absolutely Erin what have you so you go on this crazy like I'm gonna I should not say crazy you go on this impossible task to build this play that's a new thing that's a new opportunity what have you learned what do you have other people will learn and how do we get better hmm what I'll we'll start with what have I learned? A lot. Um, a lot. I've learned a lot about myself and like what types of uh, performance challenge me and make me really uncomfortable. One of the scenes I've talked about a few times with different people throughout the process is that that's really difficult are the, the scenes uh, where the character is sexy. Like that's just, it's the sexy character, right? <laughs> I, I sigh so heavily because I have issues with I, I I would rather not play any romantic lead yeah. ever again, and not that I really get brought in for those kind of roles. I yeah. think because of my physicality, and I think that that should change too. But yeah. it makes me so uncomfortable. I yeah, me too. <coughs> uh, there's a few reasons why it makes me uncomfortable. Um, I mean, and it's not like it's not a frigidity. It's not a like I don't like sex, and that's not appropriate. I love sex. Sex is the shit, right? But like. Like, it makes me extremely uncomfortable when I'm expected to be sexy or when a romantic interaction is supposed to be sexy. It's like, sexy is sexy because it happens, like, like naturally in the moment. Like, that's my definition of sexy. I love that. I think that's sexy as shit, right? But, like, when a performer is asked to don the cape of sexuality, like... You know, that that makes me incredibly uncomfortable. So there's some scenes, like, specifically there's, like, some stripping that happens. I fucking hate it. I hate it. I hate it so much. Rehearsing it is painful. Mm-hmm. I feel so self-conscious. And, like, and it's not because, again, like, I don't like being, like, sexy and fun. I love that in my bedroom. I don't like being expected to do that, like, as, just because I'm female, right? So it, I've definitely learned a lot about my own limitations, and also it's it has affirmed my decision to pretty much not really act in plays that much. I mean, I still do like read things, go to readings, and partake in that. And there are a few playwrights and director combos like that I I will always say yes to because I know that they work with actors and they're feminists in like a really positive, awesome way. So I know I'll never be like expected to do anything that is uncomfortable for me in that way. Um, I've learned a lot about my limitations and 
that discomfort as someone who thinks a lot about things and as a woman especially is told don't think about it or like don't overthink it right don't ask so many questions you know like that's so frustrating so I get to ask those questions now so that's like fun <laughs> um and yeah what well, second part of the question so was, uh what am I learning what was the second part again what do you hope others learn from it what do I hope others learn from it you know, I try not to set big expectations for what audience members come away with. I think there's some things we've said throughout this interview that are um, observations from the performance as it's stood in the past. And I think I would expect that just statistically those will hold true for several, um, uh, for many people who see the show. I think that they will come away with the things we've discussed already of like feeling frustrated and um, overwhelmed and like you're being punched in the stomach but I also don't I don't set expectations for other people and I don't one of the things when I have started making my own work that was God, I can't remember who said it so someone it might have been Sean Ryan actually was like don't like tell the audience how they're gonna feel mm -hmm. don't that's not your fucking job like you you make the work and you make it specific and you make it like exactly what you want and you craft like the shit out of that and they respond how they will. And if you've done your job, there will be a strong response. Yeah. But I don't get to dictate what that is. So when you say, like, what, or you ask, like, what will other people, what do I hope people come away with? It's not even for me to say. And I don't have an expectation other than it's something strong. Yeah. I mean, and I think when we... Let it not be apathetic. That's the only thing I hope it's not. Right. <laughs> yeah. There was yeah. there was an initial... I mean, and I think, I think that there's like... I love, you know, righteous anger. I think it's an awesome thing. I think, you know, it's great to have anger. I think women are not encouraged, you know, are encouraged not to access their anger very often. And um, uh, when Courtney originally, one of like the early drafts of the rewrite, there was a lot of like, you know, like she had added and a lot of like little things that were kind of like pointing at it like isn't this ridiculous yeah. and it was like as part of the show commentary and yeah. eventually we we were like you know let's just take that out because I think and, and we don't direct it in that direction we're just like oh yeah now Aaron show how stupid this woman character is it's just like no like we direct the text as it is and like it, it fits inside of this you know this sort of lattice work that goes up the, up the mountain and um you know and we want it to sort of stand on its own we're, we're really not trying to like I said, it's not objective. Like our, our, our point is there, right? Like this is, you know, we can do better. Um, but I think that we really want people to kind of have their experience of, of the show. And I, I, in terms of like, how can we do better? Um, which I will also, you should also answer. Um, you know, I mean, I, I think looking at it and, you know, I think there are a lot, I think it's more like I am interested in having a lot of really interesting conversations about like what does this mean? I think that there are millions of conversations. I think people will land on lots of different sides of that, but I think it's really important to be having those conversations. And for me, um, especially that you have to look, I mean, I think of all of the women, one specifically is a person of color and she's a maid. I believe that's true. I oh, think I think it's the, um, from, the character from Vanya. Yeah, that's of, in the place by men. In the place by women, there are a couple of um, yeah. characters that are um, are women of color. Um, but, you know, I mean, there's... Anyways, basically, we did we did one kind of breakdown, right? Like, this is by gender. It's cisgendered, um, mm -hmm. you know, and, and 
you, if you wanted to break it down further, I mean, if yeah. you wanted to do plays by women of color or, or lines by women of color in the top most, you know, top ten most produced plays of 2014, 2015. Seconds. I mean, it would be a really, really yeah. fucking short piece if yeah. you wanted to do by queer characters, mm-hmm. um, by queer yeah. women, by yeah. trans people, yeah. um, trans people of color. You know what I mean? It's just like you don't have a show. You couldn't do it. So, you know, this is this is what we did with this thing. But it's also, you know, we're definitely in solidarity with the idea of, like, who's telling the stories? What kind of stories are they telling? And, you know, I, I want people to ask questions about, like, well, what kinds of characters are they writing when they're writing people that aren't like them? What does it look like when men who have, you know, folks who have the most power um, socially in this country are writing characters who have less power than they do like how what are those representation representations looking like and representation is really important this is a very important conversation we are certainly not the you know lead barnstormers a lot of people are having this conversation in this country and it's really it's you know it's high time it's really important and we're really lucky to be in a city that's um has you know like the project that valerie curtis newton and andrew russell are doing the intamon you know to have brilliant people in the city writing awesome things um you know incredible advocates a- activists kathy shea is amazing yes um uh who uh, doesn't want chang is amazing you know we there are uh, tons of and there are some exciting programs that are starting to do exciting works so, like we're looking at doing better there's a lot of room to do better um and i think you know we just this and this is and, then, and i think something that is important to say even though there's like a lot of like anger frustration there's a sense of being kicked in the stomach um there's a spirit of fun for us in making this piece. It's very tongue in cheek. It's just like, all right, like this is how, this is what we came up with. And like, it, you know, it's, it's this, this massive undertaking and it's not good enough. And, you know, so I, I think we have a little bit of fun with it. And, um, you know, isn't that great when a bunch of, I mean, we're all queer women, um, you yeah. know, or, you know, queer you know, I occasionally differently gendered type people. And, um, you know, and this is what we did with this thing, you know, with a lot of white cis um, female characters, mostly written by men. Um, right. And we just, like, made a new, different thing with it. And, yes. Um, so. Yeah. So do that if you're frustrated. <laughs> like, make your own work. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, I think uh, feeling uh, inspired to... Uh, reclaim your own agency as an artist is really important and in fact there's anything that I I hope going back to that initial question of this section if there's anything that I hope that people do come away with specifically women who see the show I hope they feel inspired to like uh, rediscover themselves as someone with agency and power and control over what they do Um, I don't think it's necessary to lead like a lockout situation right of like like, let's, like, protest how bad this play is. Like, maybe. Maybe that's what you do. Um, and it does sound like a little bit of a cliche and a dodge to say this, but I do think, I, in general, as a person, I'm more interested in the question than the answer. For me, asking a question this big is the start of the answer. I don't know where that ends up, but I think I think that it it does something. I hope that it does something. And, I, and as far as, like, how to do better it's an overwhelming question there's so like I see I'm a like super detailed person so I see everything like very specifically and get over in that way get overwhelmed really easily by the concept of like like actually making change like so how do we go from this like very large question to like the daily like task of what this could look like in practice and I think that's different for every person um 
I think because I'm the performer, it for me, it looks like women getting back their power to have choice. How that's put into practice and maintain while maintaining an actual like acting career, I don't know. Good luck. Like, <laughs> you know, like that's fucking like, like, um, what's the word? It's um, a really large uh, expectation to have of someone to say like, oh, like now you're inspired, like go like make a point and feel like empowered all the time. Like that probably won't happen um, because we are working within a really flawed system of the control being in the hands of a certain type of person, right? With the writing and the directing generally. Um, I guess I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. I think I agree with a lot of what Hallow said. I think that a lot of that is is the hope. Um, but I'm also I like asking questions more than I like giving other people answers. I think it's important to find your own answer. I guess. No, go, go ahead. We're, we're winding down our time. Yeah. The last thing I want to do is ask for the specifics so people can get their tickets and all that but please say what you're going to say before oh, I, was, I was just going to say I think I, it, it behooves me to say that I think that um, something else that's a hope for me or something that has been very important and effective for me is to like it's I think it's it, it's not just enough to say well I think you know I, I hope people feel like some empowerment and be great to like you know be able to like take you know agency and, and pull these off or at least it's difficult to make a new work and this is you know it's you know to self-produce this piece it's like you know it's a massive undertaking it's not like it's super easy but um, I think something that also is really important is like an, another side of this conversation is I think that it's important to develop an understanding of how power functions and to um, to name things um, and to name them as problems. And I think that that's what she said is in that vein of like naming a problem. It's just, you know, um, I, you know, I, I look at every single theater in this town and I know this is something that is you know it's part of the national conversation it's just like how many plays are written by women how many of the directors are women what type of characters are on stage and again this is not just not I'm not, not just talking about women I'm talking about the wide representation of kinds of stories that and like how much we all grow from that but it's right with that is important it's very important to get more perspectives on stage um, behind the scenes and then on stage and kinds of stories it's also really important to understand how power functions, how power has maintained, you know, how does it stay in these specific hands? Why do we have so many white male artistic directors? What are the roles that women traditionally have administratively? You know, why is that the case? How much power do those positions have? How, you know, mm. how do people feel really good about themselves when they think they have a really diverse season? How do we have a season like 2013-14 and then the very next year it's like it never happened. And the same thing is true of 15-16. Mm -hmm. Overwhelmingly male playwrights. Mm -hmm. um, very few playwrights that are women. Very few playwrights of color. Um, you know, and I think that that's, that's just important to know. Only three playwrights that have ever been people of color who've been in the top spot of most produced plays. One of them is this year. It's the guy who wrote Disgraced. He's the third and then the other ones are... Yasmina Riza and Lynn Nottage. Um, and those are the only time that had been people of color in like the however many years that they've been doing this. So, you know, I mean, it's just like there's, there's, but it's not, for me, it's not just like, you know, it's not just like hand wringing because that's true. And there's easy solutions, I think, in some ways, right? Like what the Intamon is doing is like you just do it. You just do all, a whole season of, by women of color, by black women. We're going to do black women playwrights. That's what we're going to do. Um, 
but I think it's also it's, it's important to ask the questions about like how how why why is that so often not the case and what prevents people from doing that thing and why how is power you know maintaining itself mm. yeah so you want to invite invite we want to invite invite you to my party the rest of this is going to be done in Cockney uh, we also really enjoy going to accents during like rehearsal so I love Cockney it's my favorite favorite is Cockney ah. So we want to invite people to join the conversation, to ask these questions, to experience this work. How can they do that? Great. Let me tell you how you can do that. The show is only four nights, and my friends, it is intimate space with small seating amount. So please, please buy your ticket ahead of time so that I don't like sigh and like shake my head at you when you're <laughs> trying to get a walk-in ticket. Um yeah, it's, uh, seating is roughly 50 a night, and there are four shows, period. Um, so buy your ticket from Brown Paper Tickets. There is a wage gap discount automatically applied. If you're a dude or identify like a dude, you can choose a ticket that's 20 bucks. And if you're a non-dude, it's 15 So that's cool. <laughs> you can buy a ticket. Like that. Where where is it being produced? It is at Gay City Calamus Auditorium. It's in Capitol Hill on Pike Street. February fourth through seventh. February fourth through seventh. Eight PM. Also we will be filming it, so um, for folks who do not live in Seattle and or cannot attend the live performance, it will be available online um, afterward. So Fantastic. Thank you both for sitting down to talk Thank with you. me. Thank you so much. I can't wait to see this.